0: Warning, this podcast contains scenes of explicit nonsense and lore.
1: Previously on the Risen Devil Podcast.
0: Rebecca and Billy are just in absolute silence throughout the you know, majority of the game. He's got no character development at all and there's mm. nothing in there that sort of builds the relationship.
2: But the fear for me from the Eliminators, it, it comes just from their ferocity and how much damage it takes. I think they're fantastic and they would they they would kick a hunter's ass, man
3: I mean it looks gorgeous and it gives just just for a few camera angles gives the idea of what an actual re2 remake if it was done in the same style of the classic remake could have looked like it's just a complete mess it really is oh.
2: Hello and welcome to episode 85 of the Resident Evil podcast, where the rain in Spain mainly falls on Leon, and once again, everyone has left for a marathon game of bingo. I'm Nick, better known as Neptune. Let's see who's joining us today. Investigating beaten cattle in Spain, it's the Batman. Good evening. He's wearing his Spanish hat, it's Stars Tyrant, Hola. and he's now known as a Ganado, it's Rombie. Hello. Coming up today, we are of course looking at Resident Evil 4 Remake, it's our final preview before the game officially drops at the end of the month. The demo has been released, and we're going to be touching upon that in all its gory details. We'll also be looking at the latest news, there's been some... Big development, quick look at the site news, and of course ending with another edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. So let's start with the news. First bit of news is, of course, Death Island. Yes, a surprise announcement that a new CGI film is to be released later in the summer. And uh, the good news, of course, is it looks to nearly have a full cast of the original kind of legacy characters. We've got Chris in his Hawaiian shirt. We've got Leon back. And I think most importantly, the fandom will agree we have Jill Valentine back. And not just in a flashback, she's back defying the laws of aging in her most convoluted manner yet. But Death Island, an interesting. Proposition set on Alcatraz. We've got zombie sharks back once again, so everything is good with the world. I'm oddly looking forward to this a lot more than perhaps I should be. Batman, I don't think you share the same enthusiasm for Death Island. What's, uh, what, what do you think?
0: Well, from the little we've seen, I'm not that excited about a biohazard on Alcatraz Island, if I'm honest. I get the impression the writers have watched. Uh, no time to die, as the virus looks to be spread by tiny little robots, so it looks like it's going down the road of nanotechnology in regards to how the virus is spread to create the zombies. I'm sure it'll be just as crazy as Vendetta. I mean, I've, I've asked Capcom for years to do direct sequels, but... A sequel to Vendetta of all things is something I didn't really want. Um, The same with returning villains, but why, out of all the surviving characters we've got, did they have to go with Maria, who was mute, you know, completely uncharacterized and very underwhelming in the last film? So what's going to save this for me is obviously the legacy characters. I've always wanted to see how Leon and Jill would interact together. So that new piece of concept art you know, really excites me. Hopefully she's not going to be sidelined too much. If this is her first mission back with the BSAA after six years, then hopefully she'll be front and centre in this. Obviously Chris and Jill interacting on screen for the first time since Resident Evil 5 is also going to be interesting. And even Chris and Leon's relationship I find quite interesting because it comes across in vendetta you know leon's sort of drunkenness aside that they've you know they've got a bit of a, a rivalry going on there so i'm looking forward to seeing how that develops further um, and obviously the hint of rebecca's involvement too so i'm sure it'll be a hot mess but i'm hoping to be proved otherwise i don't like chris's hawaiian shirt it looks shit <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Saren, what about you how's what, your initial your initial impressions of not a fan of vendetta of course this is a as batman said this is a sequel so mm-hmm. we're setting around 2015
3: yeah absolutely of, of all the properties in the series that i've wanted a sequel for i think i speak for the entire community that we all just wanted to see vendetta followed up you, you know if gt was here i'd finally say finally gt not a missed opportunity here we go I I'm I'm indifferent to it. I mean the, the the problem with these CGI movies is I find the peak to be degeneration in terms of capturing what made the games enjoyable and and everything like that. I think degeneration summed it up quite well and I enjoyed damnation as you know we obviously did the commentary for that quite recently and it was quite fun revisiting Mm. that for the first time in a few years i'll never come around to vendetta i I loathe it there's no beating around the bush there i i think it's it's awful i think it's one of the worst things that we've had that has the resident evil name attached to it so a direct sequel you know even with the addition of jill and that brings about its own issues because obviously we now know it's uh, from the latest uh, showcase spotlight that it is jill in present day in the images that we've seen despite the fact that she has no chest scars or anything like that from the p30 device she has exactly the same costume and hairstyle as she did in 1998 and she looks the same because she apparently doesn't age now all that aside with jill and it's it's nonsense but i'll allow it just for the the sake that she's back the image of her holding a hand with leon i hope they're not doing a leon chris jill love triangle I just really hope we're not going down that avenue because that would be so, so piss poor.
2: Oh, I didn't even think of that. You know, if if they
3: try and imply there's some sort of romantic tension between Jill and Leon and Chris gets narked and annoyed with it. I Just like there's better ways you can create, as John says, like a rivalry between the two characters without having to use Jill as the hook. And I just got a feeling that that's all she's going to amount to be in this this storyline. She's either going to be imprisoned in an Alcatraz jail cell for the entire movie, or she's going to be this nonsense center of a love triangle. So, yeah, Mm. not hopeful at all.
2: Even with the sharks. The sharks? (laughs) swimming liquors. Before we go... Aquatic liquors with tails. Uh, The official synopsis, so this is a broad outline. DSO agent Leon S. Kennedy is on a mission to rescue Dr. Antonio Taylor from kidnappers when a mysterious woman, we think probably Maria, thwarts his pursuit. Meanwhile, agent Chris Redfield is investigating a zombie outbreak in San Francisco, but the cause of the infection cannot be identified. The one thing the victims have in common is they've all visited Alcatraz. Following that clue, Chris and his team head to the island where a new horror awaits them. Now, we've had many, many games and other media projects with viruses on an island, and we've had many prisons in the Resident Evil series. Rob, what's your thoughts? Do you think that this is going to be distinct enough or too similar to perhaps other titles and media we've had in the past?
1: No, I was just going to say, are they wanting The Rock inspirations with the virus on Alcatraz? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say. I mean, it's kind of the same thing that John's alluded to a little bit, is that I'm not enthused for a sequel Yeah, Is it setting up? It's not grabbing me straight off the bat there's a shot that was in the teaser trailer and i think it was repeated in the extra shots of um a crowd walking in alcatraz you can actually see it's jill and chris walking at the bottom of the frame the back of their heads so at least we know jill isn't always captured on alcatraz if that ends up being the case i don't get the aging thing either and it doesn't make any sense narratively i'm sure john collude on this but i'm pretty sure she has t-virus antibodies in her thing i don't think that's going to stop age she's not afflicted with the uh, virus anymore yeah it's a mess i'll probably watch it i'll probably enjoy it unless they do something really really dumb like you know circle fighting or looney tunes cliff explosions and uh the absurdity that really was the last couple i guess
0: I think it is really disappointing with what they've done with Jill. You know, people have been waiting for it to come back for so long. She could have been reinvented as like, you know, an older, more mature character, physically scarred from what happened to her in Resident Evil Five, and for Capcom to just ignore all that and throw it in the bin, I think I think it's very, very disappointing. You know, there's obviously the case for reusing assets, but this whole thing of making her look young to preserve her sexuality for sort of the younger fans, I just think it's it's very, very poor.
3: It also trivializes the trauma she's been through as well. I find, yeah, you know, know, she endured years of like testing and and things like that. She effectively, you know, died to the main cast and all that. And to just revert her to a a guise and appearance before all that, it almost implies that it can just be erased. And I think it would have been better if they'd actually embraced, you know, the decisions they took that character down, you know, the avenues they explored with her, and actually have it define her character a bit more in the present but hey, we just hit a reset button, it seems.
0: Yeah. And even from a law perspective, it's very muddy because I've, I've seen some people say, well, the T-virus can slow ageing because it's related to progenitor, which causes immortality and all that sort of thing. And while that's technically true, if you read the file in 5, when the T-virus is dormant, the, the vaccine makes the T-virus dormant. It doesn't kill it. And it's the cryogenic sleep Wesker puts her in that reactivates the virus. And if you read the files, even Wesker thought she would probably just turn into a zombie. But the fact she's had the vaccine for 11 years at that point a bodies built up these powerful antibodies so as soon as the virus was reactivated and, and would effectively cause these issues that would slow down our aging process these antibodies would kill the virus off straight away. So the T-virus was reactivated in it for a matter of days and then it was gone. It was eradicated completely. So I don't really understand how you know it can still be given of these beneficial effects six years down the line. It's, it's very, very muddy and I don't expect the movie will go into it in any great detail. I think it's just going to be, yep, yeah, the T-virus has done it, deal with it sort of thing.
2: Mm. And of course, quite similar to sherry in r e six
0: yeah, but because that's the g virus that makes you know that makes more sense, but yeah, they've effectively done the same thing here, and just like, yeah, it's the T virus, let's just leave it at that.
3: How long before they revert Claire to a younger self because she's had T phobos in her?
0: Exactly. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a fan of the way they're slowly converting the cast into all these sort of individuals with superhuman abilities. What's wrong with these characters just growing old gracefully? You know.
2: Well, I think it represents a wider issue, doesn't it? Capcom are quite scared to let go of Chris, Jill, Leon, you know, Claire, quadrant of characters, and RE6 is a good example. It's all geared up to handing over the baton to Sherry, to Jake, to Piers, maybe even Helena. And they just don't nail. it's only Pierce, I think, you know, the the whole point of Chris's arc is that, and they just don't do it, and I think that they've been fighting against it, and, you know, as Chris gets older, his almost immortality to absolutely everything, that he's, you know, this is going to be another biohazard outbreak where he's not going to get infected. He's quite a miracle, as is Leon. It becomes more unbelievable that they can keep surviving all this, but also, as I said, we should be having new characters to look forward to, but then you know, not everyone liked Ethan. There's a lot of angst against him. Whereas I was quite, you know, quite I quite embraced the new character. But you know, Capcom seemingly listened. I was like, no, right, get get rid of Ethan now. That'll do. Two games, that's enough. Shame.
0: Mm. I just think it's a shame because Jill's not that old. I think she's only canonically. I think she's only about forty, forty-one in this. And you know, that's not old at all. Sigourney Weaver in Alien Three was in her early forties. I think she was like the staple female action hero of the time. So I just don't understand it. I think it's just very disappointing by Capcom.
2: Okay, we will be, of course, reviewing Resident Evil Death Island when it drops in the summer. Next bit of news, we head into the world of virtual reality and Resident Evil Village... VR has been uh, released, or, you know, Village has been updated with PSVR 2 compatibility. And thankfully, we have a member of the staff who has been able to play it. So we're going to be handing over to Sean. Sean, have you enjoyed playing Resident Evil Village in VR? Is it the definitive way to play Ethan Winters' final hurrah?
3: Absolutely. It builds on the foundation of what um they did with the on the quest too with Resident Evil four VR. Um, but obviously with the grunt and the raw power that the PlayStation 5 offers, it basically gives you the same experience, but, you know, through the headset. This isn't the reduced, fuzzy experience that Resident Evil 7 was with all the depth of field issues that that version had and the sort of reduced graphical fidelity. This is pretty much the game as it exists, as you would see it on the TV, but except it's one inch from your eyeballs, and it's every bit as good as people would expect. It is definitive. It's just so much fun. All the gunplay and everything is just ridiculous. Uh, You can dual wield pistols now. You can fit a new bayonet weapon to your shotgun um, for extra stabbing and things like that. My only criticism, and it's so minor, it's not even really any fault of the game at all. It's the fact that I wasn't able to play it for the first time in VR. Because I did Beneviento's section this week. Oh right, how was that? It was fine. But the problem is, because it's so heavily scripted, there was no scares. Whereas Mm, I think if mm. the first time I played that, I think I'd have been absolutely traumatised by that, because I can't stress to you, when you've got the headset on, and certain parts of that house when you're in the basement, and it's properly dark, and in the VR version, if people haven't seen, you don't automatically get the torch. You have to open your coat and physically remove the torch from your coat and turn it on. So if you don't even do that, it's so dark, and it's so scary. But it's not scary, because I know exactly. exactly what the script is to that section. I know every moment, like, you know, the picture frame swinging down and things like that. I even pointed it out before it happened on the on the stream. And that's the biggest problem. It, Village is so scripted to a fault, not just the Beneviento section but every aspect of the game, every jump scare is locked in. There's no random nature to it. And when you're playing a VR experience, it's incredible how you just get over it so quickly. So although the sight of the baby, as big as it looks in VR coming towards you, because I know how to avoid it without fail like you've really got to mess up when you know what you're doing to be devoured by it or anything like that there was no fear and i'm devastated because i can't stress like going down that well without knowing what would happen and having that moment when you reach the bottom and you've got to turn around like if you were doing that in vr i can't stress to you how like unbearable that would have been but because i know there's nothing there i just turned around straight away so for those of you who are maybe listening and you've picked up a vr kit for your playstation 2 and you've never played village before you're gonna have a great time it's a great experience it's wonderful but i just there's always going to be part of that thing in the back of my mind whereas i just wish it was the first time i played it and because it's not it's just not quite as impactful in my mind as it could be. Do you
2: think you would have played it in VR first? Absolutely, and I
3: still think I'd be traumatised by Beneviento this day, because that first time through, you know, if you remember John was the first out of all of us to play through that section, and John's request to me and you and uh, Rob was play it in the dark with the headphones on and it was absolutely right, because it was terrifying. Mm. I've never known a sequence in the entire series that it's just such a one-trick pony like that house. And it's yeah. such a shame, because it's such a memorable set piece, but when you know what to do, it's more of a chore to get through on repeat playthroughs more than anything.
1: Does the DLC get covered by the VR as well? Is it only the no, main it's, game?
3: It's just the main campaign, unfortunately. Uh it's expensive, it's incredibly expensive, obviously the VR upgrade for Village is free, but the actual kit is expensive, it's not for everybody, it's not going to be a game changer for people, I think if you're not that bothered about VR, if you haven't got very good VRC legs, it won't do anything to convince you, should I say, but what I, I really do appreciate that Capcom's really pushing this stuff i'm a bit of a vr enthusiast I don't, I don't make any effort to hide that and i'm very proud of the fact that one of the sort of leading ips one of the flagship ips for vr and giving you not a cut down experience not a refit game that is tailored into it it's, it's the full games it's the full game of resident evil 7 4 and village now With more to come, as we're going to get into. And yeah, they are definitive, it must be said. You know, it's very hard to go back to the 2D panel after you've (laughs) been able to literally lean through a window and go, "Hmm,
2: you know. I saw in your streams a couple of new additions. He's talked about the dual wielding. There's also Mm. knife throwing and uh, punching.
3: Yes. So Ethan's knife is now equipped on his wrist. He's got like a little neat little wrist holder. So you have an infinite supply of knives. It's a bit daft. and It sounds daft and it is daft. But it becomes almost ridiculous fun to just pull a knife out and just throw it at a cabinet and smash it. You don't need to do it. You don't need to do it at all, but you'll do it every time, I can guarantee it, because you can. Oh, look, there's a pot, just knife throw. You feel like uh, Danny Trejo out of Desperado. You're just endlessly throwing knives at things that don't even break, but because you can just do it. And you can, uh, you, if you squeeze uh, both the move triggers, like the move controllers, I guess, if you squeeze them, you can actually clench Ethan's fist and punch. It does next to no damage, but I've seen people already. You're doing like, you know, punching only runs on
2: YouTube. I'll put it.
1: I was going to say I saw people testing what they could and couldn't punch, like in the starting bit. It was like can't punch the baby, can punch beside yeah, the baby, no, but I'm can't punch sure the baby and stuff that. like that. And it's just one, like
3: one of the things I will say as well is because the visuals are they're so one to one to what the like you know the, the sit down standard experience is which wasn't the case in you know RE Seven. It was very cut down because of obviously the photogrammetry and when you actually have like a character stood a foot away from your eyes, or as the illusion tricks your brain, I had a moment of uncanny valley with the old lady of all things it wasn't anything exciting but it was a moment where like I think there's a basic amount of ray tracing working and her eyes looked real and for the first time I actually had a moment where like my brain started to believe that this was a real person and it sounds strange it sounds crazy but when VR has that effect when the illusion starts to completely overcome your mind then as visuals get more and more impressive, there is going to be that moment where you're thinking, Jesus, this isn't far from actual reality. Because, you know, when the RE engine stuff works, it works really well. And you do get almost that photorealistic nature. Yeah, it's it's scary times.
2: Talking of VR, just announced, obviously we're going to be speaking a bit more about the game itself, but Resident Evil 4 VR has been reconfirmed as being a focal point of the game. Not a lot of information has been given, but undoubtedly, sure you're excited about playing Resident Evil 4 Remake in VR.
3: Yeah, big shoes to fill because the Quest version is pretty good, although the Quest version is very broken. The GameCube or, you know, the previous versions of Resident Evil 4 aren't really designed to have, like, moving and shooting and stuff, and as a result, the game is broken quite heavily because of it so this will be a a tailor made from the ground up experience the only thing that's a bit vague is whether it is indeed the whole game or not and and the, the tweet and what it was saying but it almost implies that it is the main campaign at least Hmm. i get the feeling because like otherwise it's just
1: going to be a bunch of mini games like in a shooting mm-hmm. gallery and and those sort of things and when you can see what they've managed to do with a village but the irony is there was that game informer thing and they were talking about like the potential for first person and i were like no it's going to be third person but it's like obviously it has to be first person for the vr thing to work so maybe they just go back through and retool the entire game like they did with village for certain elements and abilities and
3: it does make you wonder doesn't it whether they're going to like with maybe re9 launch with both options for players because yeah. the, the, the third person mode for village went down really well and for the most part it's a well put together you know little modification to the game and it's obviously not quite perfect because it wasn't designed for it initially but if they developed an re game from the ground up to be both first and third person tailored to whatever people want i think it's probably going to be the best to work both worlds for people mm.
1: And then it will probably stick. If it does well, it will stick forward going forward. So, mm. inadvertently, Dead Aim predicted this.
2: <laughs> yes, trailblazer. as <laughs> We talk about it all the time. Absolutely. Again, it's good though for what you say, Sean, about PSVR and the franchise being a bit of a trailblazer for the uh, you know for VR. You know, two games on it right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, it's very easy to criticise VR
3: because the support for it in so many areas has been a bit lacking, even from Sony themselves. And they're they're the ones that are offering, not so much this time around, but last time around, an affordable option for a lot of people. And even then, the support wasn't as good as it should have been. Because a lot of the time, these experiences are cut down. And they are, you know, even in the case of like the Horizon game that's just debuted with the PSVR 2, it's not like a fully-fledged Horizon game. It's more of a series of little mini-games and experiences and whatnot. So to actually say you can play the entire main campaign of Village in full is a real boon it really is Mm. and sort of our franchise isn't it and it feels nice to be in Chris Redfield's eyes you know it's cool
2: Capcom have also announced a patch um, I think it's a day one patch, about the rain. Oh, yes, Let, let's touch on the rain issue, That the earlier trailers and uh, images of Resident Evil 4 remake. It was heavy rain.
3: I suppose the best way to do it, if people haven't quite seen the footage in detail, if anyone's played the Grand Theft Auto trilogy remasters, the rain is basically like almost opaque white droplets that seem to just be overlaid the image. It looks absolutely terrible. For a modern AAA title... The fact that, like, four years ago in Remake 2, we had perfect rain, basically. To just have this is utterly bizarre, and it, and it is detracting to the image quality. I, I, I know some people saying, oh, it's being overstated a lot. I would actually disagree. I'd say it actually ruins the image quality. You know, I've seen, like, uncompressed videos now of, like, the gameplay footage that was put out, you know, when Game Informer did all their stuff, and it, it doesn't look any better. I know some people are trying to write it off as being, like, the video compression and that, and it, it's not true at all. It, it looks rubbish.
2: Thankfully, that's going to be patched, so uh, fans need not worry about the rain in Resident <laughs> Evil 4 Remake.
1: Considering all the sliders and options, I wonder if they're going to make it a gradable option from very light to absurdly dense.
3: Well, <laughs> one thing I do find interesting is that if you play, if you download the demo um, on PT, on Steam, there is actually like a rain intensity option. Yeah. In, oh, in well, there, you there you go. There oh. you
1: go. See? That's what
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> give, give people the options. If they like the rain the way it was, they can have it. If they didn't like the rain, they can reduce it.
2: that is all the gaming news for now we quickly turn to site news where we're going to give a big thanks to our new patrons tim green john spencer and we are legion thank you so much for your recent support if anyone is interested in joining our patreon you can head over to uh, our patreon page you can find a link on the website just click on the community tab there should be a link down the bottom and then you can see what benefits it brings but that does finish all our news. We now turn to our attention. Why are you all here? Why are you are listening? What were our thoughts on the demo of Resident Evil 4 Remake and our final preview thoughts? September 30th,
3: 1998. It's a day I'll never forget. The cop inside me died that day. And that night, Raccoon City was wiped out thanks to the bioweapons created by Umbrella. Somehow I made it out, but too many others weren't so lucky. I was asked later to join a top-secret government program. Not that I had a choice. The training, punishing missions, nearly killed me.
2: But at least I kept my mind off everything. If I could just forget what happened that night. The pain. Even for a second.
3: This time, it can be different.
2: It has to. So Resident Evil 4 Remake, the Chainsaw demo was recently dropped. We've all had the opportunity to play it. And boy, did it deliver on intensity. I think regardless of what anyone thinks of the game, the intensity of this is second to none. So we're going to go through the demo, see what everyone thought, what the high points, low points, what clues can we get for the rest of the game, and uh, you know what can we look forward to perhaps in other areas, other regions of the game. There's so many other areas to explore, so I'm particularly hoping for a bit more stealth, so I'll, I'll come on to that. So, Stars, I think you're the first to play. You downloaded that as soon as the showcase was finished. You played on PlayStation Five, I believe, for this one. How was your experience?
3: Well, remaking it, a remake. We know our <laughs> feel on them, don't we? It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> it's, I, it's, it's one of those things that I hate to admit it, but like Capcom can it's... do this in their sleep now. That you know, for all the like all the problems that people had with Remake Three, you know how it actually played was not one of the things that people leveled against it you know it was a fun experience you know with the dodging and everything like that and this is just building on everything they've learned and crafted in uh, remake two and three i think from a gameplay point of view from a sort of presentation point of view like this is probably going to be game of the year unless they really drop the ball hard in you know in the game itself Obviously, we've only got the demo to analyse here, but I can't deny it. Like, I can just play it over and over again. It's so much fun. The combat is is wonderful. The the new parrying mechanic. Obviously, I'm fairly big Soul Series fan, and you know, parrying is a big part of you know a lot of the uh, From Software games like Sekiro and that. And it just brings me so much joy to just nail like consecutive parries, do all like the melee finishes and everything like that. It's it's just wonderful fun as a remake. I still have that issue, like does it really need to exist, but it's here so there's no point complaining about it anymore. I I, I quite liked how reimagined the opening section is, it's sort of different but still quite comfortably recognisable. And then when you get to the village a sort of strange thing happens where it kind of defaults to being a remaster in the way that we've seen like Metroid Prime's just been remastered uh, the way Demon Souls was on the PlayStation 5 it's the same areas it's the same layout but they've had some slight things bolted onto it and it's been you know visually overhauled to look as you would expect a modern game to look so It's a nice kind of hybrid at the minute from what we've seen. And I just will just issue some form of apology to our listeners because I was rightfully called out for this um, on our Discord not so long ago. And I did have to sort of say touche a little bit and, you know, because we've been quite notorious on the podcast for sort of criticising Remake 2 and 3 quite heavily for unnecessarily changing things and, you know reimagining aspects of it that didn't necessarily need it and changing locations and whatnot and here we have a remake that is more in line in many ways with what the original remake was to the first resident evil in that it's extremely faithful almost to a fault when you look at like the village layout and everything like that and there we were on another episode going well well, who is this made for you know what's the point in doing it if they're just going to keep it the same and to that i I apologize yeah it's it's a fine point we can't rip two remakes (laughs) apart for changing things and then when this one comes along and keeps it faithful we go so uh yeah i do apologize but now in terms of just analyzing the chainsaw demo i think it's just going to be a wonderful gameplay experience i I think it's going to be it's just so strong capcom is so good at this
2: now robbie similar thoughts
1: Sean's already stolen my point. I was going to make that exactly that. <laughs> the fact that we'll quite often sit here and moan about the remakes, and you can't have it both ways. We can't just um say, you know, oh, you know, we're not happy with these changes, but, you know, then expect that the full remake is going to be wanting to be different. I mean, if you guys end up with a giant robot Sellers are you're going to have to deal with it, unfortunately, because you know it's trying to be faithful. So, from a demo perspective, when I first played it, I was like, you know what, this is comfortable. It wasn't anything more or less than I was expecting. That it was a version of Resident Evil Four, and it had improvements, and it and it felt like that. And it wasn't until I started playing it more and more. I think the most sensible thing they think they did with this demo was making sure it had no time limit, no one-shot demo concept, because this, much like the main game, is built around the idea of um, replayability for just trying different things, and um, if they had restricted this demo, it wouldn't have worked the same way. So I've already been seeing videos of people like just expertly dodging, parrying, like just fighting back like effortlessly and without damage pretty much every enemy it's pretty impressive when you see it working in a fluid state and i think a lot of people will get to that ability the more that they play the game so the fact that people are doing this with the demo already the environments are great i don't like the fact that it feels a little bit more linear at the start now that you kind of get funneled through the house it feels like both what they did with village and a bit with seven as well and parts where you just can't really go back but there are improvements as well things i enjoy i feel like I'm not sure if Leon is artificially a little bit sluggish and um, I only say this because I know the other remakes for two and three were the characters felt a little bit heavy in movement, but I know that they've mentioned that they're gonna do like a Duke's kitchen kind of village thing and of course that required the upgrades of like physical stats for uh, Ethan. So I'm wondering if they if they do this sort of same thing with the merchant, in this remake that leon will get slight movement improvements and damage reduction and those same sort of things which will make him feel a little bit more nimble and lighter so i'll be interested to see if that's the case by the end of the game Um, and obviously that will make replays more fluid along with all your um, new game plus upgrades i'll be very interested also to see if the new game plus is a uh, true new game plus in that they um don't just let you carry over weapons and stuff but they actually increase the um the challenge of to, to meet the, the fact that you can bring that stuff over but this will be stuff that we're determined to see in the final version but yeah as a demo i couldn't ask for more really it gives a great taste of the game and, it, and it's obviously doing the the right thing out there seeing as i've seen so many people who are looking forward to it or saying this is exactly what i was hoping it would be and the people that were a little bit on the fence saying you know this has actually moved the needle for me on where I actually feel about this game and I might actually pick it up sooner than
2: I thought I would. Batman. you were saying off-air, actually, that you felt it was potentially a little sluggish. That's kind of what Rob mentioned there.
0: Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a little bit sluggish, but I think that's only because I've spent a lot of time recently playing the original, which is so fluid and quite fast-paced compared to this. But that's not a criticism by any means. I think I'm just too used to playing the original at the moment. I've spent a lot of time with it because I wanted to go through it maybe one last time with untainted eyes before they were influenced by any remake. But I must say, playing this demo... I thought it was absolutely exceptional. I thought it looked amazing. The point about remakes, yes, obviously I'm apprehensive. To go back to Sean's point about wanting the best of both worlds, I I want the best of both worlds. I want it to be faithful like the original, but be expanded like the Hunter's Lodge being so much bigger than the first house in the first game. But at the same time, when it gets to the castle, I don't want it to be faithful anymore. I want it to change, um, because the castle in the first one is so awful. But this demo, yeah, I thought it was great. The Ganados... The first few you encounter, they're a bit more docile than what they are in the original game. They don't talk as much. I don't think their voices are as iconic as the original game. Mm. And and when I got to the village, I was unsure about how the village siege was going to play out, because I thought, the Ganados, they're not that fast. You know, they don't seem to react as quickly as they do in the original game. But Jesus, when things kick off, mm. they swarm around you like ants. You know, you go into like a little shed to bash a crate to get some ammo. You turn around and there's like five of them at the doorway. Really good. I like this broken neck mechanic um, where the parasite's trying to get out. I like the extreme detail when you examine the bodies and you can see the little tendrils of the parasites sticking out Mm. you know the environmental storytelling's gone through the roof, we've got all the the slogans on the wall of the houses, you seem to be able to examine plenty of things Um, the stealth mechanic creeping around the village, that's something I always wanted to do in the original game, you always try it, you can never get far but in this you really can pretty much sneak around the whole place before you get spotted if you really want to so yeah, so far so good, it plays beautifully, it looks great it's, it's absolutely exceptional
2: Would it surprise you to know I was terrible at the demo? <laughs> <laughs> really? I No,
1: seriously, you're not, you t- well, oh, wow, what a surprise, Nicholas.
0: How, how could you do this? That this wasn't streamed, Nick. Are you still looking for the Hunter's Lodge in the woods?
3: Even though you funneled straight to it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm see- sure he got
1: there, but then he just got s- his neck snapped at the first enemy, thing, he was like, oh. that's oh. it. Couldn't
0: get past that barbed wire fence. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, you joke, Batman, um, Circle as crouch put me well off my game, um, so we had to spend a while flicking through the options. You get a prompt that comes up, and we get the prompt. but I don't like it. Circle's oh, no, no. Circle is circle is not circle is not crouch. So thankfully, um, option A two. So the controls had to be changed straight away to match Village and RE two. So we, we've got crouch. Back to what it should be, so that was yeah. fine. Just as a point, if anyone's played PlayStation Four, even on PS4, this game looks exceptional. Obviously, we—I saw you stream PS5, looks great as well. PS4, this is PS4 Slim HDR. It's pushing the game. I think it's pushing the console to its yeah, limits. It's it is, absolutely yeah. stunning, um, and in places, it make it even makes. You know, some of the other RE titles look a bit bland. I I didn't think I'd be saying that. Anyway, once we've got over the control issues and we kind of ventured in, oh my gosh, did you have those nostalgic moments? It's the same, isn't it, as the original Resident Evil 4? Because I remember it so well playing that game. Because I never played the Famitsu demo, I don't think we ever got it over here. And that intensity, that kind of false build-up in the house, and then you go to the village and go, what the hell's going on? I think Capcom have nailed it in that feeling. But my God, was I killed. Oh, my days. It got to a point where I was, you know, starting to scream at the TV. I was like, this is ridiculous. I couldn't even put it onto, like, an easier setting, which upset me. And as John pointed out, there's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to run and hide because they move so quickly. And I was like, shit, 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 you know, into a a hut or into a little, you know, shack thing. It's a bad idea. Five of them. And then bloody uh, Chainsaw Man, Dr. Salvador, turns up and you're like, well, 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 that's the end of me. And yes, in goes axe into back and then chainsaw straight through me. That's the end of me. And I was like, okay, this is brutal. And that happened too many times. Too many times to a point where I was going right. This run, we're going stealth, and I love the stealth in this. And this is what's going to annoy me most about the review, where we get to play the full game. There will not be enough stealth because with stealth, you control the speed of the game. You can bring it down, and as John said, you can, you can do a lot of sneaking around and get a lot of the village. So you know, you're able to take out the lady Gennardo who's with that near that chicken, and you know, slit her throat but you can you can go lots areas and i really want this to be explored further okay. because i i can bring it down I, you know i i don't want that over the top action i know i'm going to be disappointed in that sense i know maybe, i will
3: but... maybe but i mean it's in there for a reason isn't it that's isn't it that's here, my,
2: really? my hope that's what i'm really clinging, clinging to and i hope the castle section in particular because i mean by the time i get to the castle you know i'm so emotionally spent with the game it'll be about three years at this rate I think <laughs> I'll get to the castle exactly <laughs> I, I, ju- I just hope that it, it just it dials it down just a little bit in places and the, the stealth element is so wonderfully implemented uh, yeah I loved it I absolutely love the demo and I've I always just- liked that opening level I think it's brilliant
1: I think the only counter to that is that once stuff does kick off and you just see how many enemies there are, like, it's insane. It's just so many. Like, I, I was like, the original had a lot of enemies around, but I swear it's for, it must be about 20 or 25 on the map at one particular time. Easy, as soon yeah. as one and as soon as one dies another one like hops a fence or like comes in over a doorway or falls from a rooftop from a spawn point unseen you know they're just just constant and uh it's insane it it creates that level of panic that the original demo and the original game both had when you when you first play them, so I was very impressed with it. Nick has got a point. Did you all die during the demo? Have you just,
3: No, I, I, I found the difficulty was actually, if anything, a little bit. Uh, I found it a little bit easy, in God. all honesty. I, I've only died once out of, I don't know, it must be 15, 20 attempts now, and that was only because I was messing about with, like, you know, just practicing parrying and, and things like that. I haven't had Mad Chainsaw come up once, though, yet, and I've tried. I've been repeatedly reloading, and it's just not giving me it.
2: Maybe because you're not dying? do you want to to expand on what mad chainsaw is not everyone may not have seen that
3: okay so there is a random chance there is some criteria to it uh cat was saying on a stream the other night although they won't divulge what that is obviously but at some point you will get a prompt when you hit main game from the menu and you will get invited to try mad chainsaw mode and if you select yes then it loads the game up you have one life if you die you get kicked back to the title screen and it's basically just like a super hardcore version of the demo. With features they say are not going to be in the main game. So it's like an exclusive mode for this. I'm sure it's just a well curated demo from pieces from harder difficulties. I'm mm, um, was going to say. Yeah. 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 The biggest sort of changes: there's more enemies. They're a little bit more ferocious. And you get Super Salvador, who has an entirely different head mask and a different chainsaw. And he's fast. You're like pretty much sprinting after you now. I've not had it. I've only watched videos of it on YouTube. And up until the TMP got discovered like this morning on the day of recording, um, was actually quite a challenging demo to get through. I don't know if the, the, the TMP seems to have leveled the playing field a little bit now. Mm, definitely because there is a hidden TMP if people don't know if even if you if you somehow missed it when you listen to this the, the yeah rob here has put up a video on our youtube to show you how to get the TMP it's quite simple um, yeah
1: the way it was originally found was a lot seemingly a lot more complex but it's yeah. actually really straightforward so yeah i'm going back to the deaths in the sense that i yeah i only died really when i was goofing around i i didn't die the first time i played the demo but yeah i just kind of was goofing around my favorite death that i've gotten which you know it's not about the if you can go on the internet, you can find all the death scenes and they're pretty pretty gruesome is when leon gets his head chopped off by an axe and um, gets his eyes punched out by thumbs and all sorts of crazy ones but um mine was it was a chainsaw death but it was funny i decided i'd go up the tower just to have a look and um i knew that the tower floor drops if you stand in the corner because i'd done that the first time i played the demo And, um, but I knew that if you stood on the other side, it wouldn't, but of course then all the enemies started flooding up the ladder and I was trying to shoot as many as them could down the ladder or at the top when they got up to the top and eventually too many of them arrived and we all crashed through the floor and I landed on what must have been about another 10 enemies, including mr chainsaw who then proceeded to have immediately hit me and all the enemies killing them and killing me in one massive blow it was hilarious and i wish i'd saved the video it was so good so yeah i'm i'm looking forward to those um kind of funny unexpected events that kind of happen in this sort of game that has happened in the original and will probably happen a lot in this remake
3: when i streamed the demo the first night it came out there was a moment where i i, I noticed like some of the ganados were like not having arms and heads and I was thinking well I'm not I'm not even shooting them and someone actually pointed out who was watching that it's actually uh, the chainsaw mm-hmm literally just lopping off legs and heads and things. And yep. it, it's just incredible, incredible detail.
0: It's good how he chops the uh, wooden structures down at the back of the buildings as well and blocks off potential escape routes. There's a um, lot of
1: destructible environments too, like just little things, boxes, crates, barrels that are not item barrels that still get hit. So if an enemy bet crashes into them, they smash open or they fall on them and they fall through it. It's, it's quite an environment of, you know, very destruction. I'm very impressed by it.
0: When you go down that well, um, is that like a dead end or can you go under the entire village?
1: No, it goes under the village. It goes from the one well is at the back of the tower and the other one comes up kind of just in that little courtyard. There's the, the well was in the original, it's the courtyard that it's um, behind the shed with the cow yeah so yeah you can connect when you unlock the access to the well you can just go either one i tend to just go for the one by the tower because it's the easiest to get to in a straight b line but you can go to the other end and drop in it that way and it doesn't make any difference but enemies will drop in from either end to try and Attack you, and I've seen people who didn't realise that they would do the trick, and then didn't realise there was another exit, and then they'd get attacked from behind and be like, "Where the hell did these enemies come from?" Not realising there was another entrance. Them falling into the well is absolutely hilarious as well. They kind of just drop in, and then they kind of stumble or roll on the ground, and then kind of pick themselves up. It's quite humorous actually. It's quite a nice animation. I think that's one other thing I have to credit, and this is probably if this is just an example of it, but. The animation work in this is absolutely incredible. Yeah. So many animations, just for Leon, but also for, for enemies. So many varied things. It's, um, it's a lot of work and very, yeah. very, very impressive.
3: I mean, there's just like a little things like when I was running through the uh, the village and I was actually getting cut off. The AI is quite improved once they start swarming you. And the, just like seeing them run around the corner and like slide a little bit, you know, like they skid on the dust. The, the dust. Mm. As they as they corner too fast, and there was one video I've seen shared on on Twitter today where someone's being chased by the super chainsaw guy in the mad chainsaw mode, and he can't. They just kind of clip him uh, with a bullet, and he ends up like doing like this amazing animated spin and fall off the roof. It looks absolutely amazing. I mean, the animation work is top tier. Like I say, they're just so good at this now. Capcom, they they can just do this stuff in their sleep. It feels astonishing production values these days
1: that same thing kind of happened with um and it's in my tmp video when i um killed the chainsaw ganado was up on the roof and he he dropped to his knees in his usual animation but of course he was right by the edge so he just ends up dropping to his knees and then toppling over the edge of the roof and it looks kind of comical, but it's cool, like, the fact that he doesn't just, like, drop and fall and, lay flat on an edge of a roof or anything like that. He actually does. His weight shifts and he rolls over the edge and falls onto the ground below. I was like, holy crap, that's quite cool.
3: I just want to do a shout-out as well, because after being heavily reduced in Remake 3, it's great to see, like, the level of violence back from remake two in terms of like the level of destruction you can do like shotgun blasts will literally blow um enemies in half and you know and you can see like as john said earlier you can see like all the tendrils and it's like this is body horror at some of its absolute finest i think there's something really super creepy and icky about seeing these little tendrils emerging out of people's eyes and it's just it's super gross
1: it also adds that extra combat thing because you've got the ability sometimes if you knife someone or um, you you can parry someone's physical attack and you'll cut an arm off, you know, or if you do the, sometimes you do the melee attack and Leon does the uh, suplex, it snaps their neck, but the enemy doesn't die, they get up with their head stuck out sideways like the first enemy is like, and they've got tendrils and stuff like coming out of their head it's oh, it's absolutely creepy
2: yeah, I look forward to seeing all the later Ganado variants with all the, the burst ones it's going to be insane, it should be, quite, yeah. Yeah, it should be quite interesting
1: if this is anything to go by, and the other creatures too, like just, there's Going to be some pretty messed up crap.
2: <laughs> We've seen a bit with the new trailer, that, that trailer three, which is a bit, bit old now, haven't we? But um, th- there's lots to that mm-hmm. revealed quite a lot, didn't it? About what we can expect. So it seems quite, fa- it does generally seem quite faithful to, to the original.
1: I think what helps is is it's such a long game that you can get away with not revealing too much and I'm just worried that Capcom will Capcom and put out a final Traggler before the game which just reveals far too much as per usual. Who
3: was slightly taken aback by the masterful change that the Ganados actually stop attacking before the cutscene.
0: Yeah, that was really good. That was really cool. Really like yeah. that.
1: Such a simple change, but it has such an impact that you the bells start and then they stop, and you yeah. you can still attack them. Yeah. You're still in mid attack, and uh, I was kicking a guy <laughs> the time it happened the first time, and I was like, "Hang on, wait, what?"
3: <laughs> yeah, really good. It's those little things that they can do which keep it fresh. For people who you know know the classic game like the back of their hand, and but that doesn't, it doesn't
1: fundamentally change anything at the same time. Yeah, yeah,
3: and that's why this entire project feels a lot more in line with remake one than the other two because it's essentially the same experience but just slightly modified and changed and inverted in clever ways.
0: Yeah, like the two cops at the start—they're the ones who go to the house and or go for to take a leak in the woods, yeah. and Leon sits in the car worried about parking tickets. It's a nice change. I'm
1: guessing that scene will be expanded because obviously they've dropped that bit out and they just get the little text dialogue. But yeah, it was a nice change. I tried seeing if you could shoot the guy that lights the other one on fire because you can obviously run straight into the village as well now before he's even lit on fire. But the guy just focuses solely on his job of putting that torch on that bonfire. He will not be stopped.
3: <laughs> it's quite harrowing that moment actually. Yeah, oh, the no, The
1: sound, the screams, yeah. The sound of it is poor. Cool.
3: And the poor cow as well (laughs) i don't even know how it happened my first time through but i just noticed it running out the barn on fire i was nowhere near it
1: sometimes the enemies throw weapons as you run past that's how it happened one time i was i was just running past and i came back i turned around and the place was on fire and the cow comes running out and i was like what happened and then a guy comes running out and i was like he must have thrown a weapon or something at it like at me but it kind of hit the torch as it went past um, yeah
2: we don't capcom resident evil cows it's it's a thing and one
3: of the things that struck me the most was um the tone it's a lot darker and leon's uh, opening monologue is quite you know melancholic and crestfallen and it's it's going to be interesting to see how it juxtaposes with sort of the later bonkersness of the castle and, and the and, you know, fighting spiders, you know, um, saddler spiders on a construction site with girders flying all over and things like that. But just even in the demo point of view, the fact that we've just had literally, like, Leon lamenting his past sat in the car and then literally... Ten minutes later, is setting fire to a cow, shouting "Bill me for the repairs." It's, just, it's <laughs> he he soon reverts to the no thanks, bro, Leon. I think people
0: expect. Oh, it's even quicker than that. I mean, the opening in the first house is so effective, where he he thinks he's found Ashley, and then they all burst in with axes, and you'd be shitting yourself. And he's just like, "I'll let myself out and just dives out the window." <laughs> As one does.
1: One of my nitpicks is, and people have pointed out, is that when you jump through the window, the window breaks before you jump through
3: the window. (laughs) Does it? I've
1: not noticed. Yeah. If you watch it in slow motion, there's a lot <laughs> videos online now. But I saw it as soon as it. You, you jump through it, the tape kind of disappears, and then you're left with like a bit of the frame and a bit of glass, and it just kind of drops out. And Leon just kind of thuds out. Mm. The others doesn't quite roll. The special effects
3: guys so. popping the explosives a bit too early.
1: Yeah it is almost like that it's like yeah it's like a cheesy movie effect where someone's <laughs> done that it's quite funny there isn't much I can complain about I thought the knife I was utilising that as breaking boxes but i it was because you can manually pull out the knife and I was hitting stuff with it yeah. which was deteriorating it and so I thought that it was actually doing that for the crates and I thought that was a bit silly considering that obviously once the knife's used up you can just body slam basically crates and barrels anyway um, but no it was just because I was actually using the knife as a weapon but yeah it doesn't deteriorate I'm not convinced about the deterioration thing i mean it does add an extra challenge and i can see why you'd limit it but it's also frustrating i think it'll be better when you can either upgrade or adjust. obviously getting the kitchen knife in the underground with the tmp has given me a better understanding of how like extra knives will work but they obviously have different just like weapons have different durabilities and damage and all that sort of stuff attached to them so the kitchen knife you get two defense attacks, basically, or a bunch of, um, you can use it, I think, four times for a defense, um, and that's basically it, whereas Leon's actual knife is much more uh, stable for a longer use. But even then, it still probably deteriorates quicker than most people would like.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm very dubious about the parry mechanic. I didn't um, use it. I didn't use it.
1: It's it's actually it, really easy, Nick. Like I honestly it. thought I thought it was going to be like really specific time. You just have to hold the button and he'll parry automatically. It's not specifically a exact timing thing or anything like that. It's literally if you hold the parry button down and someone happens to attack, Leon will defend himself. It's more oh, of a defense. Right? Okay. Yeah, because I thought I wasn't timing it right, and I was just like, I'll just try it. And I tried it early. There's a window. I'm not saying that it has to be like, um, like, so you can't but do there's your a life little... out. No, 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 no. no. Right. Well, I, I haven't, I have to be fair, Sean, I haven't actually tried that, but it <laughs> seems like there's a much more wider window than perhaps you have to have it exactly right. If you bring it out just fractionally early, he seems to be able to parry things and mm. I think it's because when you have that something flying at you, you can bring it out slightly early to deflect because I think it's just that balance of it. I think it wouldn't work if you had to time it perfectly every time, especially when stuff's just flying at you all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, because enemies do have a tendency just to be throwing items at random and sometimes I've had two or three. Three things thrown at me at relatively the same time. So, yeah, yeah
3: I think it's amazing. Personally, it, you know, anything can be pretty much parried. For like you say, from melee attacks to flying axes and things like that. To and the, Nick to the chainsaw, which is yeah, absurd. The, yeah. as well, <laughs> uh, well, uh, that, Nick, that, that came we up with a prompt avoiding it this time, Nick, because you've got a boss fight that's going to use it.
2: <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I get, I'd say you get that, the prompt whenever you're close to Salvador. The prompt button came up for parrying. Yeah. And that's so what I mean. It's, it's,
1: it's the window. Yeah, you get that. You get that prompt whenever an enemy comes in for a real close attack too, and the window's quite wide. So I'd say to you, Nick, if you get the chance, is just play the demo and just practice around with it a little bit. Like I know it's you can do it on the early enemies who are just by themselves a bit too, and just you'll get the feeling of it. Honestly, it's not. I honestly thought when when Sean had mentioned this, you know episodes and episodes ago. And I was like, he sounds, I'm pretty sure he's right. And then the irony is obviously the developers at Capcom used that as one of the like starting points Mm -hmm. as to why, why they were going to look at the game and the QTEs and how they could remake it. It's not as, specific time as you'd expect it to possibly could have been it's got a little bit more wide of scope and I think that's to make it slightly more easy and approachable as an actual mechanic for any type of player yeah, so yeah I, I, think, I, I think it's I'll not as bad as fastest. it could be it's not one of those things that you, you, yeah, you can, you're can kind of going to have to avoid that you can probably get away with avoiding entirely I get the feeling there's definitely going to be other moments in the game where you may have to use it in place of QTEs too so.
2: that brings us nicely though on with the power mechanic and the, the potential mention of uh, the boss fight i.e. Krauser we see that, and we've got a bit more information about Krauser, in the kind of opening cutscene as well as someone that helped train Leon. Now I wanted to hand over to Batman as a refresher here about Operation Javier and whether this is potentially breaking the original timeline. Is this is this a retcon of major proportions or does it still work within um, what we know from um, Darkside Chronicles?
0: Well it's a little jarring but it can work. In Operation Javier, Leon mentions that it's his first mission with Krauser which can still be technically true if before then Krause has just been uh, training Leon. Obviously, it makes mention that Leon joined this secret government agency after the events of Raccoon City. It's obviously involved some military training, which is obviously where Krauser comes in. So, yeah, it it doesn't really cause any massive problems. The only potential problem I can think of is, obviously, Krauser gets pissed in Operation Javier because towards the end he realises that Leon's under special assignment from the president and he's actually really important and has all these secret directives. And that revelation, you'd think given what we know now that Krauser's been training Leon for three years for that role that you know it it wouldn't come as such a big shock to Krauser as it does in the game so that's that's the only issue really but it's not too bad I I think it's a good addition really because Krauser comes out out of absolutely nowhere in the original game and it tries to build up this big rivalry which just isn't there and you just don't feel it in the original so I think given Leon and Krauser more of a backstory in the remake I think is a good move.
2: We will talk about the general canon in future podcasts um i, I have no doubt about that so
1: mm. i was gonna say i'd be very interested to see if there isn't more flashbacks or bits of that scene that you see in the opening being used as a full flashback scene because it looks like it's rendered in engine just like all the other flashback sequences that come from resident evil 2 and 2's remake so yeah it's uh it'd be very interesting if they kind of expand upon that throughout the game a bit more which would definitely be pretty cool to see.
0: it would be interesting to see if Krause has got a bigger role in this as well. I still don't think him and Leon will come face-to-face until the island, but I'm wondering because he's quite a popular character now if we'll see more of him in the earlier portions in the, of the game, you know, just in the mm. background or something, but I'm pleased the mentioned Operation Javier, because I wasn't expecting that at all. So,
1: And, and that's the thing, because we know, it's obviously implied in the original, that he was involved as the inside person for kidnapping Ashley, and like, knowing the sort of security and all that sort of stuff. So it would be very interesting to see that sort of a bit more expanded upon like a bit more detail and and that would obviously then have him involved earlier in the story so
0: well if you read the briefing file as well it seems to suggest that um it was ashley and their entire security detail that was kidnapped and we saw i can't remember now if the last trailer was it ashley or was it another woman
1: that was It's another woman well we think it's another woman who's ashley like like it's just she had a double or a body double in case of being that was a decoy or something
0: yeah so i'm now wondering if this woman was maybe part of ashley's security team i even thought that the when you get to the village gate and you see the heads on spikes i thought oh, i wonder if they were part of ashley's security detail as well but i think they're just random bodies but yeah it'd be interesting if there was uh you know if there's potentially some other NPC characters that have been kidnapped as well i think that would add a nice element to the story
1: people were pointing out that that those heads on the gate one of them falls down when you open the gate. is very reminiscent of the uh, cut head from the Resident Evil 2 liquor scene that was removed with the head falling down onto the ground, the policeman's head.
0: Ah, uh, right. And
1: the OG. Thought it was a nice nice little connection, if that is the thought, but I'm sure it was just we wanted to put an animated head here to, to fall down.
2: Are we expecting any... I mean, we talk about the expansion of the game. As I said, we've kind of got generally quite a faithful look at the game so far you know in terms of what we've seen and from the third trailer you can pinpoint bits together so that the two el gigantes is back lewis is a big role so he's got now a much bigger role it looks like uh, and we've got the return of the the donkey kong country minecart racing which is most welcome and lewis appears in that as well Um that, that looks to be a new a new element i just wonder how far they will go and how much Wesker we will might get in the main storyline for Leon.
0: I think all the, all the main cast is going to be fleshed out. I think we'll see much more of Mendez, for example. As you say, Lewis will have a much bigger role, because he's not in it much in the original. I think there's only three or four cutscenes before he dies. Four, I, I think, yeah. Yeah, So, and I know if you really study the trailer, you can see what eventually becomes of him, but we won't go there. But I think what they have done with him this time round, in terms of his demise... Is better than the original, but I won't go any. Into any more detail than that, mm. but yeah, I mean, like I said, I've been playing the original a lot recently, and it did sort of come as a shock just how bare bones it is in terms of the story. You know, there really isn't a lot going on at all. Even the files are just all exposition about things that are going on in the background, rather than actually telling you any meaningful story. You know, Mendez, apart from that one cutscene where he threatens to kill Leon, he's not in it again until he turns up as a boss. You know, I think the cast will be, you know, very much more fleshed out and all have a lot more characterization to them this time around.
2: Especially, especially I'm very much looking forward to seeing her role expanded. Yeah. Uh, we've seen some clips of her uh, <laughs> skulking around um, and she looks a, a little bit more mature, a little less shrilly, if <laughs> you know what I mean. And,
3: yeah, I think she looks Leon!
0: Like,
3: <laughs> I think she looks like she's been re- reimagined exceptionally well Mm. i think think the fandom who have always been fairly critical on ashley and i don't really know why because she was never that bad a character she she was she was she was fine and she was never a burden really i I still think the og game is still one of the best in terms of escort mechanics which is traditionally something i don't enjoy that much but i did think i reformed it well uh, but I do think she's been from what I've seen of certain footage, shes is immensely likable character this time around.
1: To go back to a narrative sense too, like I remember you, you look at the OG, version and i think the reason why everyone has that memory of like the uh end game cutscene explaining like the history of the village and stuff is so important is that that's like a really big story that doesn't really get properly told during the game and you see all this and it has like quite a heavy impact so um, i'd be very interested to see if they have an opportunity to kind of expand on that a little bit more in game too that would be quite cool and i think some of this um these things we're seeing on the walls and stuff during the demo and the visual storytelling might lead itself to a little bit more of that as well.
0: Yeah, it'd be nice to have proper files as well with like villagers talking about, you know, Lord Saddler coming to the village and, you know, explaining the general downfall because like you say, other than that, those ending storyboards, you don't get anything in the original game. All the files in the original game are all about like, oh, uh, the American agent's still alive, we'll deploy a load of Ganados Mm -hmm. this way or put El Gigante another way. You know, they're not really telling us any background stuff. Story. so i'm hoping that the files in this will be massively expanded and obviously that there'll be a lot more of them as well
3: the scraps of the intro that we've had so far and i know and i must note that i know it's not the complete intro um in the demo but we managed to get through the the narration part at least with no mention of stock prices crashing so well done
2: mm, no umbrella yep. so far
1: <laughs> well, umbrella umbrella gets mentioned, but they get mentioned as the makers of the weaponry that, and there's the umbrella logo as far as like bits of the Resident Evil Two flashback show. But it's um yeah definitely not stock prices and the downfall of the company
0: i honestly think it's telling you know i I honestly think they might not mention it not to say that it's still not happened canonically but i I just think they might not put themselves in a corner and just they might not go there at all and uh, expanded on that really i've got a funny feeling that wesker's not going to be in this you know really i've got nothing to support Mm -hmm. that other than a gut feeling but it's just the way these remakes have just completely treated him like he doesn't exist yeah. wouldn't surprise me at all if, if references to Wesker in this game are removed and just left ambiguously, you know, like the, the way we hear Ada speaking to that crackly voice in Resident Evil 2, it's probably going to be something like that again. Obviously our hope is there, but I've just got a sinking feeling that it's just going to be mysteriously missing once again.
3: What I find interesting, and I, I may be reading the intro wrong, but... Like, during Leon's lament of the events of Raccoon City, and he talks about the things he lost that day, or whatever, doesn't he? And in the background, during like, the images of that the, the remake 2 that you see flash, one of them is Ada. So I wonder if this will actually fix one of the biggest issues that I, I had with OG4. Was that I remember being so disappointed that when Leon and Ada get their first reunion, I remember being devastated from a storytelling point of view that Leon is already aware of her being alive because Mm -hmm. I was really hoping that moment would land, you know, in a kind of an emotional dramatic sense Mm -hmm. and just for him to just turn around and go, it's you Ada or, you know, whatever he says. And if they manage to do, well, I mean, it's going to change law, I guess, but I just think from a dramatic point of view, it would be far more satisfying seeing Leon's reaction to her being alive. The first time in this game, I always felt like it was such a cheap cop out that he just went, Ada, so it's true, you're working with Wesker, And it's like, that's it. Mm. All the, all the promise that we had of like these two characters being reunited after one of them apparently died. And he already knows about it
1: i think the original intent and john will correct me if i'm wrong is that it feels like at the time when they made the og version they were leaving a little bit of backstory untold in case they made another game where leon was going to find this out not see her but like find this out and they were just like oh well we'll just make it that he already knows like because that will make sense later on when we have to go back and make Mm -hmm. another game whereas now obviously we know that doesn't really matter because most of the sequels have moved forward from that time point so they can definitely go and mine that dramatic tension out of that exact scene which I think mm. is an improvement but it does as you see currently change a lot of things
3: narratively. Do you have any big concerns John as obviously the mythology writer with regards to damage this game could potentially do with regard to changes?
0: Um yeah, but I don't think we're going to be in as dangerous a territory as we were when we were sort of reimagining Raccoon City and everything that went on there. I mean, I I had many sleepless nights over date changes and stuff that was missing, um, you know. But because Resident Evil 4 is quite self-contained, I'm more hoping that we're just going to get you know, every sort of story element that we got in the original is going to be present and expanded. Like, it would be nice to get some history on the, you know, the Los Illuminados. Where did they come from? You know, when were they established? More history about how they've uncovered the Plaga. Where did it come from? More history about Salazar family, the people living in the village. Obviously, I've spoken about this before, but in terms of Ada, I would like to get a definitive answer as to who this mysterious HCF rival company are. Let's please just give them a name at least. Wesker, yeah, I don't think he's going to be there, but that doesn't mean he's not there, you know, in terms of the lore. He can still be in the background, ordering around, etc. The Umbrella revival plot, I don't think it's going to be there. I don't think it's going to be mentioned. Because it didn't go anywhere in the original lore, I think it's just going to be conveniently put to one side and there'll be, you know, a completely other motivation for Ada being there. Obviously, she still wants the Plaga, but I don't think it's for the benefit of Umbrella this time round. I think it can be for something else. Um, my biggest concern is obviously this rumoured link with the Plaga and the Nemesis parasite. I know people want it to happen because it links the games better, but I just think the original backstory with Wesker's report 2 and the, the artificial parasite that was created for the Nemesis, it, it's been told well enough it doesn't need to have a connection to the Plaga. Um, no, and I
3: think that's reductive because it just it just smallens your universe.
0: Yeah, and it'll just, it, it, it'll just create too many issues for me because it'll, it'll have to change the entire reason why Ada and Wesker are there. And, you know, if there is a link to Nemesis, Parasite and Umbrella have already had a, the Plaga Parasite in their possession, then what does Wesker really need to be there for? You know, that again might be another hint as to why he's not there. I don't know. So, yeah, I've got concerns, but I think there's a big opportunity here to really expand Resident Evil 4 and tie it into the lore. I mean, we've got a name for the village, at least. That's a good start. You know, the, the little police escorts at the start have been given names. Hopefully we'll we'll get to know some of the villages, And, yeah, I just hope it's all... Like expanded, you know, they don't have to change too much, they just need to expand it and just give us some more details. I'll be happy with that.
3: Maybe they've got a really big lore exclusive coming in in this one like where you read a a report from Lewis where he talks about the first Plaga samples being found hundreds of years ago in Africa.
0: Exactly, that sort of thing would be brilliant And, and that's the benefit of remakes and retroactive storytelling you know, when they wrote this game originally Shinji Mikami didn't really give a shit about the story, there's all kinds of myths and legends that he wrote it in just a couple of weeks but When, you know, Capcom have made a big point that they want to really expand and reimagine the storyline of Resident Evil 4, they've got all this lore to play off. And I don't think the remakes so far of 2 and 3 have capitalised on this enough. You know, I think they really could have gone a lot deeper with uh, expanding the lore of the remakes and they just haven't done it so far. It's it's just been a missed opportunity. And, and with Resident Evil 4, the original game, having such a bare-bones storyline, this is really a good opportunity to really make the story worthy of you know the other games in the series.
3: Well, I think I do speak for everybody this time that the collective cheer was heard around the world when they revealed the Krauser footage and the words, Operation Javier were mentioned between Leon and Krauser. Exactly. It's it's that easy to make your fan base happy. Exactly. Really?
0: You know, and that's that's a perfect example of the many, many things they can do here to swarm the message boards with people saying, My God, Resident Evil 4's got the most important storyline <laughs> since Resident Evil 5. You know, they've really got an opportunity here, and I really hope they, they capitalize on it.
3: Look at this, everybody. It's the Resident Evil podcast being positive about a remake. <laughs> oh,
0: no, I, I won't be. I won't be.
1: <laughs> oh, just bring that mood down, Nick. Jeez. <laughs>
3: the host, ladies and gentlemen what are we supposed to do
1: no cautiously optimistic as i said i'm going to turn this around I mean, aside from the fact that you died but you're able to sneak around do you feel like you're more attuned to
2: wanting to play this in the original like does that yes yes a really good point i've said before i've just got bored with the original resident evil 4 it's a fantastic game it's just not my personal favorite type of resident evil game That's survival tension which is good but it It just got a bit repetitive for my liking. So if if I can mix up the gameplay a bit and if I can play the game differently, you know, I could go guns blazing or I could start sneaking around the castle and things like that. That would be a really welcome change, you know, as far as a remake goes for me. Uh, obviously, I, I don't speak but the wider fandom, of course, but that's just, you know, how, how I will personally see it. Um, I don't know. I mean, from the trailer, there's bits that, you know, I'm, I'm worried about. El Gigante, I think, was even in the in the original, the first boss fight was like, whoa, okay. And then it just got gradually less and less impressive and, you know, just got tedious. How many did you fight in the end? Four in total, I think. Maybe more three, to three, one. Yeah. yeah, an
3: optional one, don't you?
2: forgot about the optional one. You go back, so it was four, yeah. And it's <laughs> like, oh, you know, and we've got two of them back. The novice starters, whatever they call, they look quite intimidating, and the cultists look quite eerily creepy as well in the, in the in the castle. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's not my favourite Resident Evil game. This is the point, so I, I don't have the same nostalgic, you know, glasses on it. So I'm, I'm going to look at it, you know, as it as a game as it is, and from the demo. I I'm a lot more excited and positive than I thought I was going to be. And that is an encouraging thing, because I thought I was going to be, well, it's the same game. Yes, it still feels the same, and and I do like that survival tension at the beginning, but as I said, that little hint of a tint of perhaps other options emanating from the gameplay. That's got me excited a lot more than I thought I was going to be. So that that's good. My issues with the remakes generally is its overall necessity and what it's going to do to the lore. And, you know, we, we are a predominantly lore-based podcast. That's how we came about. <laughs> I feel we're being made somewhat redundant. <laughs> when well, it's just like, oh, whatever. It doesn't matter well, anymore. <laughs>
1: redundant from day one, Nick. Redundant from day
3: one. <laughs> I'm, you know, infamously the most sort of outspoken about my disdain toward remakes and things like that and and I'm I'm probably being a little bit more relaxed on this one as much as I feel this is probably the most unnecessary of all the remakes it's caveated by the fact that for the first time in the series and many series really I can't think of this happening very often where certainly on the the PS4 at least and obviously through backwards compatibility and on the Xbox 1 and the series consoles and everything like that you're going to be able to get the original game and the remake at the same time you know they're both going to still be widely available You can still buy RE4 on nearly every digital storefront going unless Capcom do the unthinkable and delist it from all these places, the original, which will never happen because it's too beloved to do that. You can't, you're not, you're never going to do that to the original version of Resident Evil 4. So you're in a unique situation where you've got the original game side by side with its remake on the same hardware. So it, I, I'm a little bit more relaxed toward it because, as a purist that I am, the original's not going anywhere. It's not being replaced as such. One thing I did—we've not talked about really because there hasn't been a need to—because of the Chainsaw demo as much. But the change of tone I thought was drastic between the first two trailers and the third one. Like the the first two trailers, and I think this is part of the reason why you've perhaps been a little bit more disappointed with more recent stuff, Nick was because it looked like the game was being heavily reimagined as a slower burn survival horror experience. And then the third trailer comes out, and it just blows it all open by everything you've seen before. Big castle set pieces, cannons firing, two El Gigantes, massive minecart Indiana Jones Temple of Dune sections, and it's amazing how much the tone changed between the first two trailers and the third one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was probably a misplaced hope. That we were basically getting a redone version of 3.5. That was never going to happen. And I think ultimately what Capcom looked to be doing with this is probably the right decision. They're not going to mess with this game too much. It's too beloved, more so than 2 in some ways, whereas 2 was always considered, you know, pinnacle Resident Evil original this was not only pinnacle resident evil but pinnacle game generally just, this is top five game of all time you know most it appears in the in that list so this is probably the best decision they could have come up with keep it the same bring it up to speed and the controls work great and you know they will be on to winner sean said it's gonna do well all right i'm gonna do it elephant in the room and you
1: guys are gonna <laughs> hate this so up until this point i have not been as I want to say previously fussed about the idea of the remakes themselves because I just go, well, they're just making this decision. But obviously this has had a lot of discourse about how far does this go? Where does this go? I don't think I can think of any other company that has remade four games from the ground up of its mainline series, of which if we counted Zero and Code Veronica, even though it's numbered, is only 10 titles. We're at four. So we're almost half of the entire series being remade. You've obviously all seen the clamoring for Remake Code Veronica, Remake 5, you know, like when is enough enough? When do we get Resident Evil 9 and 10 and, you know, spin-offs more than we get more remakes? Because the problem I can foresee with this is that that demo was damn good and I'm enamored with the (laughs) gameplay and I'm like, yeah, I can, I'm definitely on board to play this. But the problem is it's, that means it's probably going to sell well. And what message does that send to Capcom? More remakes it doesn't oh, remake, say
2: re- remake five's happening i'm sure
1: <laughs> because yeah that's that's it like the, if with this does so well and they can build on the mechanics again and have five being remade it seems obvious based on how four plays like oh, they've got the bare bones of it
3: <laughs> i mean out of the four of us recording this episode rob like you're the one that's the most you know, sort of au fait with the sales figures and things like that. I don't know whether it's too outlandish to sort of say that I think this is going to do gangbusters for Capcom. Like I actually think this could be an easy contender for being their most successful game ever because it's coming off the back of a big legacy. The demo is giving people what they want. The buzz is so positive, it's ridiculous. I mean, surely mm. this is this, this is the one, isn't it? This is going to be... Seven, I think, is still on paper the most successful Resident Evil game ever, but it's going to be superseded by Remake 2 soon. This must surely do better money than Remake 2.
2: I
0: would agree. In, in probably half the time. Yeah, definitely.
2: It helps it's on PS4 as well, because you've got That's a really huge, huge established base. And from experience, you know, it runs remarkably well there was no lag there was no you know stutter frame rate drops it worked fine and
1: and all those people that buy the ps4 version are going to get a ps5 version if they upgrade for free if they want to play it again later on too which is yeah you know, Capcom is still continuing to provide a free upgrade copy, which not all companies are doing, and even Sony themselves are making you pay. I think it was God of War you to pay like $10 or something like that for it. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's it. This is the message I'm seeing, is that if it sells as well as I'm expecting it to based on the reactions, and it does to that top tier of titles, it only gives it more incentive for Capcom to go, right, double down on that remake. What's the next one? rather than making it because i i think i've said this i would love to play a old-school uh zombie-esque resident evil with the resident evil 2 engine as it stood in that gameplay and i'm very likely to believe that i would also play a resident evil 4-esque game with the resident evil 4 remake engine you know a new adventure with that given what i've played from the demo obviously i haven't played the finished game but if it plays pretty much as the gameplay of that demo i would play a new game in that style too and that's what i'm more interested in personally but i don't think that's where capcom's numbers are going to lead them and then we're going to get to the point where it's half of the mainline franchise, or more than half of the mainline franchise. And I know there are companies that have remastered four or five games, um, quite often collections and stuff, but those are just general remasters. It's not building a new version of the game from the ground up. It's not like Resident Evil 1 Remake, 2, 3 Remakes, and now 4, where they've taken the core concept of it and built an entire new game around a new engine. These are usually taking bits of old engine and just putting new textures on fixing few things upraising stuff there is no company I think has ever done it to this degree and and successfully as much as Capcom Mm. has done with this franchise Um, which are all more incentives for them to do more of it like that's it I mean 3 was a bit of a blip it obviously hasn't sold as well critically but I think Capcom learned its lesson because a lot of that seemed a bit more outsourced and the planning wasn't as stringent I want to say as 2 and 4 seem to be as far as like the internal team knowing exactly what they wanted to do with it but people still probably wouldn't say it's a bad remake as a game like it's just not as faithful or as successful as the other remakes. So again, this is all incentive for Capcom developers to keep going, Well what cows can we touch? But it's at risk too, it's a risk reward thing too. So
0: Do you think if they did do remake five that it would be outsourced in the same way Resident Evil three was because it's not as much of a beloved title and that they've already created sort of all the assets and the animations for the Ganado that they can just copy and paste for the Magini, etc.?
1: I think it's had three been as successful and then that would probably would be, but I think they're a bit Gunshine now considering if the reports are true and we're only going off what are assumed reports that internally too much of it was outsourced and that they weren't happy with the end result but i mean you can still outsource most of these games still have outsourcing partners mm. that's just the truth of AAA gaming these days they send them they send a lot of artwork and basic coding and stuff off to different countries and it's um it's crazy just how big it is And most people probably have no idea how huge this is as a market these days and capcom is not averse to that. They've definitely done that with all these remakes. If you look at the credits, you'll see that. But it just depends on how much. Um, I think their realization was that perhaps they gave three a little bit too much outsource and didn't keep quite a full tabs on the planning and and design concept as much as they had with two and now it looks like four so they could outsource as much as they want to as long as they feel like they're on top of the narrative and that game is coming together as a truthful remake of whatever it is they're trying to achieve my concern again with five is, is kind of that same thing though also that um four is getting such a very more faithful remake probably because of the importance of where it is in the the industry and as a game but you can see that even two which was considered like a standard of a of a quality title was able to be changed quite drastically so five could be whatever they want to make it as a
3: remake came across a conversation the other day about people saying well wouldn't it be wouldn't a a remake of five be amazing if they reinstated a lot of the concept art with like you know classic exceller and the tyrant and you think oh god you know from a you know purely critical point of view some of that concept art did look better than the stuff that was in the final game but i still wouldn't want to see it no i have to stick to my principles
0: the funny thing is as well when Resident Evil 5 first came out it was criticized because it, it was essentially like a remake of 4 you know it was too similar mm-hmm. people had waited so long for it to come and they were like well this is just Resident Evil 4 in HD and
1: that was part of its production design problems that the producer was working on it was just like well how, how do we top 4 like you know yeah and same with 6 again afterwards how do we reinvent the wheel and you know we know how 6 turned out so it's very Very interesting. I mean, Five, the thing is as well, that doesn't mean that there isn't ideas in these games that they could turn into new ones. Like one of the most infamous things about Five was two things actually. One was that the original concept had to do with light, the daytime and you know the original um, trailer was really about like light and shadow and and so forth and sunshine which was a very different take on horror that perhaps the series hadn't done up until that point so there's definitely an opportunity to do something interesting with that um and secondly was just the way that when the game was supposed to be i think single player or was more single player focused it had a lot more to do with the idea of you know hordes of enemies and they were ramping up the four thing into quite a huge numbers and you see that in the original trailers as well with them you know the enemies working together to pull a over and all that sort of stuff that all got cut because they went with a different direction but there's definitely an opportunity now with the power of the engines they've got that they could go back to those original design concepts and kind of definitely add those either into a remake even with co-op or a new game concept so yeah it'd be very interesting to see but that doesn't necessarily mean i'm jumping up and down you know right now going i would definitely want a five remake if i had to pick a remake i wanted i'd be on board. the Code Veronica branding because I think there's a ripe opportunity to tell that story with a with an entire new gameplay style. But
3: Survivor,
2: I, I, I'm about to say the same. Survivor,
1: <laughs> Survivor's story is dark, but it's not big. It's not a big story. I'd love to see Survivor Two, but it wouldn't sell.
2: So it it wouldn't. Yeah,
1: wouldn't sell. That's it. And and when I sorry, I'd love to see Survivor Two is not. I want to see Survivor Two being remade. I want to. I want to see Survivor as
3: well. But, a, like, Resident Evil podcast always with the hot takes. Survivor Two yeah. remake coming at you soon.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think Survivor would be very interesting. But the only other way I would like to see remakes is literally if they're going to go down this path of referencing stuff from Umbrella and Darkside Chronicles canon. There's always a chance that you could turn the remake engine and make like tales of Resident Evil you know like these events that were important and you could have Survivor you could have some of the stuff that's in the Chronicles games fleshed out into a new remake Styled mm-hmm. game. Yeah. I'd be happy with that as a spin off, like more than more remakes, more core title remakes, I mean, um because it means that you can bring those narratives back in. I almost would then dare say that you could definitely separate the OG storylines from the remake storylines at that point. That you have a narrative that if you follow the original line of thought with the original games and Outbreak and all that, that's one narrative. And if you follow the remakes as a remake line, then that's a completely different narrative, but it's still got its own versions of events. Uh, you know, could be possible. But that's an extremist thought to, to take. Especially for here.
3: I do just want to briefly comment on something you said, Rob, about, you know, how all these resources are getting used on remakes when I would much rather have seen them be applied to a new game. As much as I've been heavily praising you know, the demo and everything like that, there wasn't a moment I wasn't playing it where I just think, this is amazing, but God, wouldn't it have been even better if it was something completely fresh? Like, literally just lift all these mechanics and just drop them into a new storyline. Put Leon in it, I don't care. But it's just like a new storyline, and, you know, the, the, it's just... Oh, mm. yeah. I mean, I, I, I have no doubt that when Resident Evil 9 comes along with everything they're learning through this remake process going to be a hell of a game but mm-hmm. it's incredible like all the people who said villages is existing to inform the re4 remake and i feel there's very little dna between them other than setting to be honest
1: yeah the other part of it that's interesting for me is that it's a dynamic that you could easily yeah you could make a new game and lots of people say oh resources aren't like that you know they have different teams on it so well that's not entirely true that's not untrue for some developers but it's also the fact that if you're taking away resources from one project to put onto a remake or something else you are not freeing those people or those ideas up and the thing is when you have that option if you look at village there's a great example if you look at how the vr2 stuff's being handled and how well it's being praised this is a game that obviously i suspect was probably designed with that in mind and they just couldn't reach it at the time but they definitely thought about it and that's why it's been able to be implemented so well whereas other games where you add stuff in post you just don't have that ability it's like the third person in village as well it was never designed around that so they've had to figure out how to make it work it's not flawless it's pretty good but there's definitely some little niggles with it. Whereas if you yeah you take all these concepts that you've learned or could approach to a remake, especially like four's mechanics or two's two and three's mechanics, and put it in a new game, you have the opportunity then to not only take those things but find reasons to use them, to expand them, new ideas, and take that kind of cool gameplay and and horror or action or whatever you want to take into a much normal environment rather than being beholden to something that already exists and risk that line of going too far away from it or being too close to that point this is a remake. So yeah, it's a no win situation. And I guess my only other concern on top of that is that much like Capcom is seeing that it's, successful in making these remakes are they worried about where to take the franchise forward Is this, it's been safer to remake these games than it has been to risk the future of the franchise even though you know village has been successful but what's uh, next yeah, it's, it's that same situation with five and six you know
3: that's a really good point there rob because one of the things we've lamented quite a bit and i know john's been fairly critical they seem to clearly have no idea where they want to take the future of this franchise so with that in mind with what you've just said, is it not just easier to just keep remaking stuff? Because then you don't have that danger of taking the series down an avenue that fucks everything up. Yeah, but the
1: problem you've got also on top of it is that the remakes muddy that concept too, because all of a sudden you've got, right, you've got the game, it's like the originals, you've got the gameplay of 2 and 3's remakes, right? And they're one thing and you've got 4's remake gameplay, right? So then when you go to make a new game, do you make it like Remake 2 and 3, or do you make it like Remake 4? Or do you have to work out is it a hybrid of the two? Or do you go back to first person and stick with like 7 and Village? So now it's that same thing of like the franchises, different things at different time periods, and the remakes are kind of muddying the waters even more. This makes a decision on where you take the next game main game even harder. Like we've said, and I've said it, you've said it, other people said it, I'll be happy to play a game like 2 or 3's remake, the gameplay, you know, in a new I'm also happy to say I'd probably play a game like 4s. So, personally, I'm happy either way, but I don't think that's going to be everyone. Like, Nix, clearly, for example, no side against him, would be much happier playing a a remake of 2 and 3 style gameplay in a new game than he would playing 4s, because that appeals to him more. And there will be fans out there. It's at Hell Classic, it's it's everything and nothing, as I've said a bajillion times, because of this. And the remakes only muddy that only more, because instead of it being errors of time, we've compressed different gameplay styles into a three or four year period now.
3: This is an absolutely fascinating discussion, Rob, because now I collectively ask you guys. So with everything that we've seen, obviously the success of... I mean, you know, all of them have been successful. Even Remake 3 was successful. And you've had a first-person slow horror in 7, first-person fast horror in Village. You've had probably the best over-the-shoulder Resident Evil game ever in you know Resident Evil 2 Remake in terms of that classic experience you've got Remake 4. So you're Capcom. You sat around your boardroom... You're discussing Resident Evil 9, you've got all this data, as Rob's just said, you've just accrued all this data, you've got certain avenues of the series perfected, you know, you've covered all bases, so what the fuck do you make Resident Evil 9 as? Is it a slow burn first person horror? Is it an over the shoulder classic throwback like Resident Evil 2? What do you do? It's, it's just impossible. Well,
0: this is where they might panic and do what they did with Resident Evil 6 and just throw the whole kitchen sink at it. Mm. Yeah.
3: three campaigns, so you're going to have a first-person slow horror, old... you're going to have an over-the-shoulder RE4-inspired section, and a uh, Beneviento style no-combat
0: game. And then B scenarios yeah, I, where I... all three of those are remade.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the worst-case scenario, in order to make the resources work, they make all those scenarios optional, depending on of all three so you can play it whatever way you want and mm-hmm. support VR too you know like and, and that's going to throw a lot of resources on all the time and it may take up some of the rest planning and it's like I get it, it it's not really it's Capcom's fault but it's not Capcom's fault you know what I mean like it, it's just this is the way the franchise has been and when you decide to remake them this is just what's going to happen like well, I mean, we're yeah. in a situation with 6 again exactly
3: yeah, but I mean, you know, as we, as you, you know, you're the sort of biggest advocate of this, Rob. Part of the reason why this series is still here, making serious money for Capcom, mm. is because it knows how to adapt and change itself to give people what they want, and it is so should be so widely celebrated that they have even just the will to do it. It's not even done out of necessity. Sometimes it's just it's just because that this this franchise has become such a a hybrid of so many things that they can just go we're just going to make an action game or we're going to make a slow burn horror and they all still sell
1: their actual answer to me in regards to the boardroom meeting is that you look at all the elements that have made all these games successful and you figure out a new fashion of ways to make that work. And it may mean not using all of one idea or the other, but Mm it's not about having the option to use all three viewpoints and all that. But you look at the elements so that are consistent. There's obviously horror, there's some action, there's some cheese to the dialogue and cheese to the events. And so you need to make sure these are all balanced well. You need to make sure the combat is good. It doesn't matter if it's the same or it's completely different, is it? But as long as it feels like it's got the right combat to it it doesn't matter what perspective it's in so it, i think there are elements here that you could definitely cherry pick to make a new game example but that's going to be it it's going to be its own new thing it's not going to be a continuation of an exact style of two or four or six or whatever you want it to be and it's not going to be a village or seven it'll be something new and i think that is the one benefit 100 you're right and that it has this opportunity to continually reinvent itself means that the developers, as much as they put pressure on themselves sometimes and get themselves into a state where they're like probably scratching head going, where are we going next? They're also got a lot more freedom than some other companies would in regards to changing it up too. because some other companies would not let them, would, would say, nah, this is the tried and true. And you keep doing it till we bury it in the ground or mm. we have to be forced into to fixing it, you know?
2: Well, let's wait for the RE9 fixed camera angles, pre-rendered backgrounds. <laughs> 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 and we're just right. it all <laughs> Let's bring us back then to Remake 4 as a kind of closing comments then about perhaps what everyone is most looking forward to in the game, particular set piece. How do you think, based on what we've seen in the demo, what improvements are we expecting to see? Now we've had a bit of a taster. So uh, Batman, start with you. What part of the game you're looking forward to the most?
0: I'm actually looking forward to see what they do with the castle, because I know I sound like a broken record, but the castle really is awful in the original game. It's too much of an arcade experience with nonsensical geography and set pieces, so I really hope Capcom use a bit of common sense and look at that and, and change it up a little bit. I know it doesn't appear as though they have, given what we've seen in the last trailer, but you know I really hope there'll be some slower paced sections in there, especially with the stealth mechanic. You know We did see a little bit in the last trailer of Leon and Ashley hiding while a load of cultists went past, so I am hoping they'll do something there. And I'm also looking forward to the island. The island gets a rough ride, a lot of people really don't like it, but I think the island in the original game is really, really good, so I'm very interested to see what they do with that as well. But being a lore enthusiast, I'm just really intrigued to see how they're going to reimagine the story and what they're going to do with it, because it's such a bare-bones storyline in the original. They've got a big opportunity here, so I'm very, very excited to see what they do with it. But so far, everything's looking great. The demo, it really is exceptional. So um, I agree with Sean. I really do think that this has got an excellent chance of becoming the best Capcom-selling game of all time for Resident Evil and beyond.
2: Yeah, for me, uh, I'm oddly looking forward to the Ashley sections quite a lot. And as I said earlier, perhaps introducing a bit more stealthier elements. I'm looking forward to perhaps the catacombs and the kind of underground parts of the castle. That was always quite a cool area that could be expanded upon a bit more with the bugs and all that kind of nest element that might be a good environment and i'm hoping with the garradors especially they've really utilized the fact that they can't see you know what i mean because you know you can ring the bell i think in the original game can't you just kind of distract them and take them out i'm hoping they expand upon how to use the either the garradors and that kind of thing
1: i can tell you nick from a little bit of the gameplay video that capcom released they've definitely have already leaned towards that it seems.
2: I hope. So. Yeah. Okay. That's encouraging. With the advent of you know better controls and you know better abilities to make changes like that, I think we could see the enemies a bit more uh, exceptional in terms of you know take advantage of you know some of the key points. But that for me, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. What about you, Starstone?
3: I think I already know. It's going to deliver on gameplay, so I, I literally don't have to worry about it. As a remake, I'm interested to see how they sort of retroactively bolt on things, you know, like the Operation Javier reference. I'd love to see more of that, because you may as well just embrace it now. It, I could sit here and talk to someone blue in the face about remakes, 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 but I did wave a white flag a couple of episodes ago, you know, and I know our fan base, I know our listeners, I know huge parts of the Resident Evil fandom love these things, so I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to ostracize myself by just sitting here moaning about it all the time it's an it's an inevitability and it's still good you know I've got a collector's edition pre-ordered waiting for it you know I'm still buying these things mm. and the great gameplay experiences you know I have absolutely i can't stress this enough I have fucking loved my time with the chainsaw demo it is <laughs> so much fun it is ridiculous fun so in terms of the final game, knowing that I already know it's going to deliver in a gameplay sense I find it very intriguing that one of my favourite characters in the series has been featured so little. So I'm really hopeful they get, they've get they got some really good material for Ada coming up. I'm not necessarily thinking we're going to get a big reveal of her past or find out who she is finally. That was Resident Evil 6's ball that it fumbled. But just... A bit more insight into the lady would be most welcome now, because the rest of the game I have no real concerns about. Ashley looks fantastic. The characterisation across the board looks more interesting. The acting looks very good. Nick's doing a really good job of a more crestfallen Leon, it must be said. So I have no real concerns about this game. I think it's going to do extremely well.
2: Can I just correct you a little bit, Sean? Uh, you're looking forward to your collector's edition being cancelled by game. <laughs>
0: Hopefully.
3: We've not talked about this at all, but at the time of recording, it is the 11th of March we're recording, and what's happened these last few days has been a bit disturbing. So what's happened in the, in the States is that GameStop have contacted a lot of people who've pre-ordered the collector's edition. Uh, we have, we first thought this was just um, linked to in-store pre-orders only, but it's happened to people online now, where they've over-allocated the pre-orders, so people have been contacted and told, "Yep, yeah, your nice, big, shiny collector's edition that you're expecting, you're not going to receive. And there's nothing we mm-hmm. can do about it, so you're just going to get refunded. At the time of recording, as we say, this hasn't happened in the UK yet, so my pre-order with game is still... Fingers crossed, locked in. <laughs> Who have you pre ordered within New Zealand, Rob?
1: It's a situation similar. I don't I assume it's the same with you that it's a game exclusive over there, is that correct? It is, yeah. So here usually when that happens, usually they become an E B games exclusive because E B is still here in new zealand it's part of the same franchise or same franchise group under gamestop but surprisingly the company that got it here was jb hi-fi which is an australian company they have it exclusively and everyone else just gets a steelbook instead so i have pre-ordered through them and i haven't had it cancelled at all in fact um I had a phone call from the store I ordered it from just to confirm that I was still happy and that uh, if there was anything else I needed to me. So that was quite nice of them. At first it was unsure it, when it was re- looked like it was going to retail stores only in the United States. Have they, um, <clears throat> was it a, a physical shipping allocation issue? Because obviously the cost of shipping it to all their stores would be high rather than online. Then when they started cancelling the online orders, it's like, well, either one of two things has happened. GameStop's either oversold or Capcom is undersupplied, but it's obviously become apparent that GameStop has admitted to both its managers and to customers directly who've contacted them, that they oversold their pre-orders. That's shocking, isn't it? It it sounds like maybe a system glitch, potentially, um, but it's pretty unsure, so they've taken the brunt of it. I saw someone post a big diatribe on uh, one of the Resident Evil groups on Facebook basically defending uh, GameStop and saying Capcom misallocated and I was like well that's great and all except that GameStop admitted there was their own fault <laughs> so uh, yeah that's that's great but you're yeah, unfortunately wrong in this case it was literally GameStop made a mistake so um, I really do feel sorry for for people and unfortunately what will make it worse is there'll probably be some random because it seems to be a random grouping of people who got their orders cancelled it wasn't like a first in first serve they've just gone systematically cancelled all this in-store orders and then just at random because some people said I ordered it pre-ordered it straight away first day as soon as it went on pre-order and got these cancelled and other people haven't had their orders cancelled didn't order straight away they ordered a couple days later so it's a bit unfair in that regard too it wasn't like a first in first serve kind of deal. Having gone through the same thing with the Resident Evil 7 set was a bit unfortunate, Um, although in this case it was a production problem. It was damageable, so they cancelled it, but they didn't even give me... I was still slightly frustrated that they didn't give me an option just to say, hey, actually, I'll take it, and if it gets damaged, I take the risk, rather than just cancelling it outright, which was a bit more frustrating, but I don't know the full details of that. But I do sympathise in that regard for people who do like their collector's editions.
2: Final thoughts then, Rob, on what you're looking forward to the (laughs) move?
1: I think some of the stuff that I've kind of talked about and alluded to, I'm I'm interested in seeing more of the lore of the village, I hope. I'm looking forward to seeing the enemies for Regenerators. I hope they're freaky as hell. I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm going to be very interested in seeing more of these death animations because they've kept that consistent, watching what poor Leon goes through in just the demo um, and knowing that you know people made montages of all the death sequences because I'm, as I said earlier, I'm very super impressed by all the animation work in this and the surprises in that regard I'm looking forward to. Um, and like John, I'm looking forward to the island. I think, it, it, much like he said, I feel, feel like it's a, um, it's kind of looked down upon quite often, whereas it, like, the castle has its big prestige of what it is, even though it's absolutely ridiculous, and I'm... 100 percent agree with him on that too but um the island is ripe for, for very interesting changes and and additions and expansions and like visually and, and style so i'm looking forward to that Oh, and i guess also the end of the castle section when you're up on the top of the tower and seeing the view um, i'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that because in the original it's just like empty skies and trees edges of trees so if they get to see more of the islands and the villages Area and you know the island off in the distance. That'll be quite cool. I look forward to seeing what that's going to be like. Just from a pure aesthetics and design concept, because um, yeah, it's kind of cool idea. And we know that tower's in there because part of it was shown in the trailer of um, Leon going up the left, fighting some of the cultists. So, I wonder if anyone's going to be rolling fiery barrels down there.
2: Well, lots to look forward to then. And of course, we'll bring you our, all our coverage of Remake Four uh, as soon as we can. Expect our review, um, and if people want to call in in preparation what you want to say played the game we'll be doing our community podcast where we listen to what you guys want to speak 2 minutes mp3 um, and then we'll react to your comments historically you guys bring up so many interesting points that we completely forget it happens all the time we think oh we've covered everything and then someone just brings out something go yeah that's a great point and so they're really interesting podcasts and i think quite popular with with the listeners as well, just to bring in as many perspective as possible. So, if you want to prepare for that, you can. As I said two minutes, MP3, send it to our email address, which is team at residentevilpodcast dot com, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll try and get as many on as we can, and then. Uh, I think once we've kind of done the review in the community one we'll probably do a bit of a wrap up canonicity debate which always brings out the worst in all of us but you know they're always good fun <laughs> <laughs> well, On that note we uh, will end our final preview discussion and we'll now turn our attention to this podcast edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz Do you know your G-Virus from your
0: C-Virus? and your Jabberwock from your Bandersnudge? Or perhaps the number of bombs that appear on the maiden in Heaven vest? Jesus Christ! What, what? what? <laughs> <That's> an exciting <laughs> question <laughs> is that? I'm getting a big fatty over this. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> going to get
2: any of these.
0: We've talked about the games straying too far from the origins. This Resident Evil <laughs> quiz. We're now getting <laughs> Spice Girls as the correct answer. I mean, it's time to quit. This is Neptune Fire Hazard Quiz Batman.
3: Start tiring. George Trevor Rocky Mr Spencer Neptune Biohazard Quiz.
2: Uh, welcome one and all. Um Do I believe that another complaint was made about last podcast quiz? Yes. I get complaints every week now. I wasn't
1: here for this episode, so I watched the complaint then went and listened to the quiz because I have not had the chance to listen to the episode yet. So you went and said that there was an item that was only in the GameCube version of Resident Evil Zero that wasn't in the HD version. Correct. But you forgot that it's also on the Wii.
2: Which isn't HD.
1: No, it's the Ari Archives version of yeah,
3: The wording was exclusive to the GameCube version. <laughs> not true.
2: Yeah. Apologies to anyone that was mortally <laughs> offended by that oversight. Anyway, we have a new batch of five questions. So, if you can clear your desktops, you can open up Notepad. Here we go. So, we've got some Resident Evil Four questions and some others. Here we go. What is the base creature of the Del Lago? So we we'll we'd start with the aquatic beast from the lake. What's the base creature? Question number two. <laughs> what version of Resident Evil 4 is the Zebo version a port of? Oh, yes. So anyone unaware, there is the Resident Evil 4 Zeebo edition, which is a Brazilian games console that literally no one's played. Perfect reason to have a question about it, Nick. That's absolutely, absolutely. We <laughs> provided that one, Nick. That would be me, that came up in my brain. (laughs) So it's a port of what version of Resident Evil 4? Question number three, what percentage similarity is the village mutimacite to that of the Dolvy mutimacite? So you'll cast your minds back to that file and there is a particular percentage similarity. What is it? Question number four, in the original Resident Evil, what colour tint do the explosive rounds have on them?
3: It's a segment, so, sorry.
2: So in the original Resident Evil, what colour tint do the explosive rounds have to them? So if I say, for example, the BOW gas rounds in Code Veronica are green, yeah, what are the explosive rounds in the original Resident Evil? And finally, question number five comes in from Jordan Osiris. Sticking with uh, the original game, albeit a remake, what is the arrowhead made of in remake? They're the five questions. Join us after this, where we'll run through those answers. Welcome back. I'm expecting high scores. I think, I think we're going to do alright this one. Here we go. Question number one. What is the base creature of the Del Lago? Rombi. Uh, I think it's a salamander. Salamander. Star
3: I had salamander.
2: Batman? Yep, salamander. Full house. Well done everyone. Very good. Good is a salamander. The only, only other salamander, of course, the Albinoid. One of the most hmm. disappointing boss fights of all time. But there we go. Question number two was what version of Resident Evil 4 Z-Bow version. A port of what version? What was it based off? Do we know? Batman? Did you know this one?
0: Um, I haven't got a clue. Uh, PS2 version.
2: The PS2 version. Okay. Starts
3: I don't know why, but I had engage.
2: Oh, the engage version. Is there an engage version?
3: I don't know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Rombie. <laughs> I was
1: trying to think of like the worst version of Resident Evil 4 that was like, akin to the game.com, and all I could think of was the really crappy mobile version, so I'm going with mobile version.
2: And you would get the point, sir. It is based on...
3: I thought it was on the remember, engage first.
1: I remember <laughs> playing that mobile version, it is horrendous.
3: <laughs> the, reason, the reason why I went engage, Nick, is because I know, obviously, due to your excellently designed cover, Degeneration had an engage game. Did. I thought 4 would have maybe made it in that horrible mobile port that they did and then that would... Uh, yeah. No.
2: you want to play a horrible port on a home console, you get yourself a Zeebo. A <laughs> <Z-bo. laughs> Question number 3. So what percentage similarity is the village Mutima site to that of the dolvi Mutima site? Let's uh, start stars. This one. 99.6%. 99.6%. Romby?
1: I couldn't remember. I was... I reckon, are now I'm going with ninety-seven
0: percent.
2: Ninety-seven percent, Batman.
0: Is it ninety-nine point four five percent? Something like that. Ninety-nine point five
2: five. It's ninety-nine point nine five. I'm going to give the point to Stars Tyrant.
3: I knew it was <laughs> ninety-nine point something because I saw it literally two nights ago or whatever yes. in the VR
2: version. It was. I'm going to give you that eyeball. Decimals out, not even closer. 99.95. Well, well done. <laughs> in the original Resident Evil, what colour tint do the explosive rounds have to them? Batman?
0: As in the original PS1. The original PS1, yeah. Do they have a tint? Are they not just. Are they red or are they grey? Oh, God. Are you trying to catch me out, here? They're red. They're red, aren't you? The red. The red, aren't they? The red.
2: They're red, okay. don't
0: Grey.
3: They're the same colour as the rest of the canister. Rombie. Grey,
2: different grey, but grey. Is correct, yes, they are grey. They are the same colour as the... Oh, no. no, i a
3: shocker from you, because surely, like, flame rounds red across the entire series. Yeah,
0: sorry, that's that's terrible. I have no excuse.
2: It's only one that really has it as grey. Every other shells afterwards that are the basic ones, the grenade rounds, have the blue tint, so there we mm. go. Didn't fall quite into that trap. What are they in Code Veronica? I think
3: they're grey in Code Veronica, aren't they?
2: Why explosive rounds and then the grenade oh, rounds yeah. and then the blue? I think anyway. Question number five was um... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that yeah. uh, wasn't a qu- <laughs> That's not the question. No, um, a Was what is the arrow? <laughs> <laughs> what is the arrowhead made of in a remake? Romby, did you know this one? I do. It looks like a tongue, and it's made of pyridot. peridot. Peridot. That's tyrant.
3: No, I just had emerald. I had no idea. I just guessed.
2: Emerald, Ooh, right colour. Batman.
0: I honestly couldn't remember, I could only remember the description where it says sometimes referred to as a poor man's gold, but I honestly yes. could, couldn't remember the actual name, so sorry.
2: It is a poor man's gold, but I'm afraid uh, Rumby was bang on the money there, it is peridot. so congratulations there. That is a- it's my birthstone, I'm a Leo, it's Leo's oh,
3: birthstone. Uh, okay. oh, so, I, how did I'm, you remember that? Cause I, I, don't even, I don't think if I've even heard that word until today.
2: It's my birthstone. Look at the scores, ladies and gentlemen, and, well, you have some shocks. We've had some crazy results over the years, but this is going to take some beating. In last place, with one, is Batman. Bloody hell. <laughs>
0: I'm ashamed.
1: They're all in-game and not really lore ones, except for like the
2: Metamucite percentage, which, you know, was a percentage. It could have been anything. Yeah. In second place, with a very respectable three out of five, is Stars Tyrant. But this podcast winner with a mightily impressive four out of five it is Rombie quite happy with that one thank you I'd like to thank the mobile game for being so crap (laughs) (laughs) and your parents for giving birth to you in August (laughs) (laughs) yeah that too that's actually a good one fantastic that is the end of the quiz join us next time when we'll have some more questions Rapidly approaching the end of our podcast We hope everyone has enjoyed our uh, Very thorough and um, Went off slight tangent but really Interesting discussion about the future of the remakes The way Remake 4 is Going, obviously looking mightily Impressive, it inevitably Raises questions about what comes next I'm afraid, so um, I hope everyone has enjoyed That uh, analysis Coming up next of course will be our proper Resident Evil 4 remake review, we are all Very excited, Uh, 24th of March Of course is the release date put it in your diaries and we'll get our podcast out as quickly as possible for you to listen to our thoughts and of course as mentioned earlier please start sending in your two minute uh, reviews once you've played the game we'll, we'll try and get on as many as we can for um the uh, podcast after that on that note thank you everyone for listening and it's goodbye for me neptune goodbye for me batman goodbye for me star tyrant and goodbye for me rumby